Hello everyone, good morning, welcome, and uh, thank you for joining us here online for engaging with us this morning. Um, yeah, my name is Brennan. I'm the worship and young adults pastor here at Eaglemont. We are currently walking through our What is a Disciple series and coming to the end of it fairly soon, actually. Um, through this series, we have gone through key attributes and, and characteristics that the Pastors and Pastors Council has felt like are the eight main characteristics of someone who is a disciple. And the challenge of, you know, that each week of going through these attributes, the challenge is to be growing in each of these areas um, for our whole lives, really. So I just want to encourage you, if you've, if you've missed some Sundays or just caught a couple, to go back and listen to them or watch them online and um, to take each attribute, to take each week seriously in how we choose to grow and be intentional about growing in that area. And eight is a lot, maybe a little overwhelming. Um, so maybe just pick one or two right now that you think, yeah, I can take some steps in, in this next time of life and grow in this area and then maybe come back to the others. But be intentional about, hey, maybe what are some of my weaknesses? Where can I grow in these areas? What stands out? Uh, where do you feel God calling you? But that is the challenge of... Uh, of each of these Sundays, so I just wanna encourage you to do that. Today's topic will be on generosity, talking about living generously. So let's get into it. You know, generosity, of course, is, is broad. It's not just money, but today's sermon will focus mainly on money, and uh, we'll touch on generosity in other ways for a bit, but we do need to talk about money. And I'm sorry about that, okay? I, I know that that makes us uncomfortable, um, you know, we don't really like to talk about money. We don't want to talk about how much we make or how much we spend or talk about it with others or, or let alone have some young adult stand up and tell you how to, earn, how to uh, spend your hard-earned money. Um, but the reality of it is, is that Jesus talks a lot about money. And so we need to listen to his teachings and what the Bible says about money. Jesus talks about the dangers of greed and riches. He talks about giving and why it's important. And uh, if we're going to be his disciples, we have to follow his ways of generosity. Uh, there's, there can be no part of our lives where we say, you know, no, God, that's, you can't touch that. That's mine. God, you can't change what I do here. And I think for some of us, uh, this area of money, of wealth, of generosity is somewhere where we do that and we, we, where we can be prone to do that. Somewhere where we are closed off from what God wants to do and we are missing out on the blessings of God and missing out on God using us to heal the world and bring justice and righteousness with what we have and what he's given us. And of course, okay, one, one more quick side note before we start. Um, bef you know, obviously the church itself um, has a complicated history with money and the abuse of, of wealth and power throughout history and you know, recent decades, maybe the most prominent kind of um, thing is, is famous pastors, of course not all famous pastors, but famous pastors and televangelists um, telling people that you know, if they give to their ministry, then God will heal them or God will give them more money in return and this just fuels their own wealth to buy extravagant things and mansions and, and jets and, and, and that's clearly not the heart of Jesus. And it's not biblical and it's absolutely terrible and sad to see the things that are done um, in the name of, done while claiming to be in the name of Jesus and done to, um, to people who may be more vulnerable. And it's, it's, it's really sad, of, of course. And 
I know, so I know that that there's baggage um, coming into a discussion about about money, about wealth. So I just want to apologize on behalf of the church in general. You know, we're sorry for the things that have been done in the name of Jesus that don't actually line up with how his followers should be. Um, we're sorry that this discussion can bring up pain and and hurt for people um, when they see you know churches doing things like that. Um, but we're, we're sorry, but even, even still, even if it's uncomfortable, um, shying away from this topic won't help. That actually does more damage in the world if we choose to ignore it completely. Um, rather, we should come back to the teachings of Jesus. What does he actually say? And how can it be used for good and for healing and to change the world? Um, so yeah, we can't shy away from the teachings of Jesus just because some people that follow him or claim to follow him have distorted his teaching. So let's talk about generosity. And, uh, you know, we will talk about how it applies to our whole lives and not just about money. But like I said, um, we're going to kind of focus on money. We're going to focus on um, money because it can it can grip our, our heart and it can make a heart of generosity impossible. So before we talk about generosity, though, I want to talk about tithe. Now, um, if you are new to the church, tithe is what a, lot, what a lot of churches call giving to the church. You know, giving tithes and offerings, you may have heard, is what a lot of people say. A tithe just means a tenth, and it's now in more recent Bibles translated to just tenth. You'll see in the Bible instead of tithe, but tithe is still just kind of in the church culture of what we say. Um, and, you know, throughout the Old Testament, it was law from the time of Moses to give a tenth or a tithe of what you had. Then in, in the New Testament, tithing isn't mentioned very often, actually. Jesus only speaks about it once, and uh, like it is mentioned in one of his parables, but that just, he wasn't talking about it specifically. It was just kind of there. Um, but then Luke eleven forty two, he does comment on it. And he's talking to the Pharisees and telling them the wrong things that they are doing. And he says, Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. Okay, so again, there's no, there's no, you know, there's no, t uh, there's no verse in the New Testament that says, you know, you need to give a tenth of your money away, but it is a practice that Jesus is saying is a good practice. He's saying, yeah, you should be doing that. But he was calling out the heart. Your heart was in the wrong place, he was saying to the Pharisees. And as we learn, you know, we could follow all the commands of Jesus, but if we don't have love, and if it's not driven by love for God and love for others, then it's empty. So the giving a tithe is empty if it is not out of love. Um, but Jesus is still supportive of it. He is here in, in this passage. He's supportive of this Old Testament law and practice of giving a tenth of what you have. And I personally see its value. I think it's a good practice too. My parents taught me from the time of my first allowance, which um, where I got, I don't know, 50 cents a month, if that, maybe less. Uh, I don't remember. It wasn't a lot. Uh, that's okay. Um, but th from that early age, as soon as I got some allowance, I was taught to give a tenth of that at church. And that was instilled in me from as long as I can remember. So I've, I've done that my whole life. You know, that isn't something I've struggled with. I've, I've struggled with generosity. I've struggled with giving sacrificially and living sacrificially. But giving a tenth was never 
really that hard for me. And I think that's a blessing in my life. Um, it's at least a great starting place for generosity. I'll do that with my kids one day. And through tithing and, and through giving a tenth, uh, we can, each one of us, everyone, each of us can learn to give no matter where you are in life. You don't wait until you make you know, this much money or have reached this level in life or have this nice of a house or a rich or this career. You learn to give back what is already a blessing from God, what is already God's. We learn to give some back at every point in our life. Um, so it's important for us to learn to let go of our money and to hold our possessions on earth with an open hand, really. And as it is all God's and we're just stewarding it. So we do think tithe is a good practice. But here's the thing with practicing tithe. I think it's important. I think it's a standard that the Bible puts forward as a good practice, but there's an issue with that. Okay, there's an issue with it. The issue being that kind of how we view it. You know, for, for many of us, that is the end of our giving. That 10%, that tithe is the end of our giving. That is where our generosity ends. And I, I honestly, uh, I think the New Testament doesn't command a tithe because we are called beyond that. Jesus wants to empower us to live radically generous lives. And he has called us to that challenge. Okay, and when Jesus returned to heaven and the Holy Spirit was given, that generosity is what we see from the early church. It's amazing generosity that we see in the early church. And not just in the book of Acts that we read, but it was also in other historical books. Um, we see that the early church was known for its radical, incredible generosity, far above any other group in the world or any other group in, in history, really. So you could, you know, you could debate uh, the things in the Bible, are they commands? Are they not commands in the New Testament? And that's not always the right question, I find. Hey, you know, sometimes it's sometimes it is, but I don't think it is here. And, you know, I know for some people we want, um, sorry, I know for some people we want to know what's right, what's wrong. We want to know what do I do to be a good little Christian and go to heaven one day? And like I say that a little facetiously, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, um, some people really just have a heart to follow the Bible and do what it says and honor God and your amazing people. But I think there are pitfalls with trying to figure out just if what are the commands, you know, or what are not the commands? What do I have to do? There's, there's issues with that, okay? And just obviously, I'm not saying commands in the Bible are bad. We need them. They are our, our path to live more like Jesus. And they there are commands that are, of course, a little bit more clear-cut. Things like don't murder, don't commit adultery, lots of things like that, that are very clear cut lines and commands. And thankfully, this doesn't make the Bible a rule book, but by God's grace, you know, we don't need to do everything right because Jesus lived a perfect life for us. He did that for us and he paid the price, rose again, so that the commands are not a burden. They're not a burden. They're not something we should, we should resent, but they are a blessing to teach us how to live the best life possible. And I mean that, the best life possible, which is the way of Jesus. Okay, so we like commands, but not everything that we should do as a follower of Jesus is a clear-cut command. A lot of what we should be doing is something that we should be growing in our whole lives. And generosity is just one of those things. You know, so when we bring tithing into the New Testament time, into now, and we don't treat it properly, I think for some of us, maybe all of us, uh, it can actually be a roadblock for our generosity. 
So, you know, on, on one side, if you try to figure out, you know, is tithing a command? And you look, you know, like it was in the Old Testament, the first pitfall we can kind of land in is, no, eh, it's not a command. You know, maybe look and you say, nowhere in the New Testament does it say you must give a, a tithe, you must give 10%, like it does in the Old Testament. And then we go, great, 10% is too high anyway. Maybe I'll do five, maybe I'll do a few percent, or we don't give any money. We say, I'm off the hook. I certainly don't need to give away, you know, a tenth of what I make. That's, that's a lot, right? And then, and then we live our lives however we want. Maybe we give some money here, there, but generally we spend almost all our money on ourselves and the things we want. And you know what, this sermon is about generosity. Uh, so I think you can see the issue there. You can put the pieces together um, on, what, on why that's a problem. Um, also only doing something if the Bible clearly says you have to do it if it's in writing is not actually being a full disciple. Uh, a disciple means following Jesus. And there are ways that he lived. There are things that he, that he um, didn't necessarily command, but showed by example, like Sabbath or fasting or the type of, of praying that he did or just an unhurried life or generosity. So saying, you know, tithing isn't a command isn't, or like giving a tenth isn't a command isn't really helpful. Okay, well, what about the other side? Well, then the second pitfall we come to is we say, yes, it is a command. Then I feel like for a lot of us, as I've kind of already said, we go, okay, it's a command. I'll give 10%. Okay, all done. I'm good. I now get to do whatever I want with the 90% of my money, of my possessions, of my stuff for the rest of my life. And then, you know, you live the rest of your life like that. And our, our giving has stopped at 10%. And hey, 10% still good. If you've like just, just made it there and that felt like a big deal, that is awesome. It's still 10% good. But is that where it should stop? I don't, I don't think so. And we'll, we'll talk more about this later, but before you tune me out, um, please listen. I, this isn't a sermon about me trying to convince you to give more to Egomont. That's not what I'm gonna do. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to help us grow in generosity, to change how we live our lives, to, to open us up to what God has for us and to follow Jesus more. But, you know, we'll come back to that actually about where our money should go, okay? But many of us, we give 10% and that's it, right? We feel like we're doing what the Bible says, so we stop. And I know for myself, I can give 10% away and still not be practicing generosity. In, in fact, I'm always giving 10% away and not very often being generous in life, truthfully. And, and, you know, another side note, if we want to take the Old Testament tithing seriously and say, yes, it is a command, um, there are actually then multiple tithes in the Old Testament, believe it or not, meaning, you know, tithes, 10% given. In, in the Old Testament, one-tenth was given to the Levites, who were the priests, so given to the temple and the people who worked in the temple. So pretty much like giving to church now. Then there's one-tenth every year set aside to actually have a feast and to celebrate. God's people were meant to celebrate and feast and be full of joy. It was a command, actually. Something that we should still learn how to do now, more. And then there was another tenth given every three years that was brought out for all the poor and just given to those in need, given throughout the community. And on top of that, there were other giving laws um, that told people not to go over their land for a harvest a second time, to leave some extra, to not reap the edges of their field so that there was leftovers for the poor, the widow, the foreigner, the wanderer in the land of Israel. 
Kind of like saying, like, you know, even after your tithes, don't use everything you have on yourself and for your own gain. There were also laws about forgiving debt. Every seven years, debt was forgiven. Every 50 years was called the year of Jubilee, and things were supposed to be completely reset. People who had to sell themselves into slavery were set free. Land was that was sold was reverted back to the original owner so that no family, no people were stuck in a cycle of, of poverty and, and need. And, and this is what God's people were meant to do. God's people were meant to be a radically different people when it came to wealth and giving and giving to and taking care of the poor and bringing healing and justice into the world, being God's image for the world. And that should be even more true now than it was back then because of the Holy Spirit in us, shaping us to be more like Jesus, giving us the ability to move from living, living in the flesh, living how we want, to living like Jesus. To be like Jesus is, is a call to not just to not stop at 10%. It's a call to more than giving 10%. It's a call to, to give more than just what is required of us. It's a call to move to generosity and to never stop growing in that for our whole lives. And as, as I mentioned before, some of us, you know, we want to know what are the laws? What are the commands? Tell me exactly what I need to do to be a good Christian. And as long as that comes from a heart to honor God and a heart of love, that's amazing. Like, bless you. Thank you. But, but then, you know, when it comes to giving, we want to ask, how much do I need to give? Or am I giving enough? But those aren't the right questions. How much do I need to give is not the right question. Because I think that kind of reveals our heart, doesn't it? You know, we want to know, how much do I need to give to be a good Christian? So God is happy with me, so I can spend the rest of my money how I want. Tim Keller, a longtime influential, very respected pastor in the States, said, if you're asking, how much do I have to give? He says this, he says, you are not or you are actually not giving, you are investing. You aren't giving, you're investing. You know, we come and we say, okay, I'll give 10%, and we're investing 10% because then what do we get? We think, okay, then God will be happy with me, and he'll bless me, and I'll feel good about myself, and uh, people will respect me and think I'm a good Christian. And you know, I, maybe that's not your heart. I don't wanna say that's for everyone, but. You know, maybe giving 10% is just what we've been taught. And so we've, we've thought that that is good. And I'm doing what the Bible says. But Jesus is calling us beyond that. He is calling us to generosity. And a generous heart does not ask, how much do I have to give? A generous heart asks, how can I give more? How can I give more? There is no dollar amount or percentage amount that we can get to where we can point to it and say, yep, look, I'm generous now. But it, it's all a matter of our heart. Is our heart generous? Is our heart wanting to give more? Our heart, our lives, you know, we must be so in love with Jesus that we want to show more and more of that love to others. And the, and the more we become like Jesus, the less focused we are on ourselves and the things of, the, of you know, just the possessions and material possessions of this earth and you know what we want and our heart instead and our eyes are focused on the good of others and so we sacrifice and so we learn to sacrifice more and more so we can give more and more a generous heart 
will only grow in sacrifice and giving. So the question of our lives needs to be, how can I give more? That is what a generous heart asks. And honestly, as I wrote that, as that just kind of, as I felt God put that on my heart, I felt so convicted. And just about that not being the question of my life. The question of my life is, what can I buy for myself? What can I do for myself? It's rarely, how can I give more? And, and you know, it's just clearly like, I was like, yeah, that's the sermon. It's so basic. It's so clear. We want to complicate things. We want to figure out how, you know, how much we can give so that we can, again, be a good Christian and then save the rest for ourselves. But if we are not asking, how can I give more? I think we've missed the mark. It doesn't matter if you've given, you know, your tithe, if you've given your 10% from your first paycheck. If we aren't asking, how can I give more? We're not following Jesus in this area. We're keeping that separate and we're not surrendered that. We have not surrendered our money and our stuff and our treasure that is here on earth and has our heart. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 19 to 24, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, meaning not future post-death heaven, although that is of course real, but Jesus used heaven as meaning you know, God's kingdom, God's space now here on earth that you have access to because of Jesus and because of the Holy Spirit and that you play a part in. So store up treasure in heaven. Invest in the things of God, into the ways of love. Invest into justice and mercy and sacrifice and love. In all ways, we can store up treasures in the kingdom of heaven. He says, where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. And, and we need to reflect on this next verse, many of us. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where's our heart? Where's our treasure? He continues, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. And the eyes represented what, um, what people desire, what people long for. So healthy eyes are like saying, if you desire what is good. It says, but if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? He says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So if we're not willing to ask the question, how can I give more? We have to be honest with ourselves and it's clear that our money has our heart. And we must earnestly look at our lives and ask, where is our treasure? Is it, is it here on earth with money, possessions, and, and things that don't last? Or is our treasure the kingdom of heaven? Is our treasure to see God's kingdom here on earth, to see lives changed, to see people set free, to see the poor taken care of, to see love on earth? Is that our treasure? We, you know, we want, in the Western world, we, we want it so badly. We want it so badly to have it both ways. Right? We want to follow Jesus while also keeping up with the Joneses and having everything that we desire and having all the, the wealth and spending our money how we want while still being a good Christian, while still being a follower of Jesus. But we have to stop and take Jesus seriously when he says you cannot serve both God and money. 
It can't be done. You need to trust him. You can't say, oh, but uh, I'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be the first. You cannot serve both God and money. If you serve money, you're not serving God. There's no way around it. You must choose who you'll serve. And, and the best thing you can do to break the power that money and wealth and possessions have on us is to learn how to give it away. And it's to learn to grow in generosity and not just for our good, of course, but also for the good of the world, for the good of God's world and God's people around us that need it. There, there's not one practice in the way of Jesus, of course, where you get to a place where you stop growing, you know, where you've, you've reached it, you've completed it, you're completely like Jesus in that area. We're not that perfect. We'll never be perfect. We never get to a place where we stop growing in the way of, of love, in the way of peace and joy and all of Jesus's practices. And generosity and how we give our, our money and possessions and time is no different. We never arrive at being fully 100% generous with our lives. So the question of our lives needs to be, how can I give more? How can I be more generous? What can I sacrifice? What can I give for the sake of others? If you're wondering if God's asking you to give more, the answer is yes. Like it's, I'm sorry if you were expecting a no, but the answer is yes. Yes, grow in generosity. Be generous with, with what you have. Use it to love and bless others. Like I don't need to really convince you that generosity is a good thing. We all think generosity is a good thing. We love to see other people being generous. We know it's good. Obviously giving and sacrificing for the sake of others is the way to, uh, is a way to live in love. But you know, beyond the fact that, that it's obviously good, the world needs the church to be generous. Okay, the church, the, the, the followers of Jesus globally, the church are the hope of the world. Okay, and are we living like we are the hope of the world? Not that we can save the world through our means, but that God uses his people, uses his church, uses you and me to, uh, you know, the people empowered by the spirit of God to accomplish his mission, to share the gospel, to share his good news, and to reach the lost, to bring his kingdom here on earth, to bring heaven to earth, to bring peace and healing and justice, righteousness, and to relieve the suffering of this world. He wants to do that through you, through us, the church. We are the hope of the world. That is our calling. So we have to be asking, how can I give more? How can I be used by God in greater ways? How can I use what God has given me my time, my money, my possessions, my skills, my talents for his glory, for the sake of others, for the good of this world. Now, of course, um, there's, there's some lines everywhere. You know, there's a balance in things. It's, of course, good to be wise, to save, um, to save money, to have emergency fund, to have a retirement fund, to save for your kid's college, for your own college, for your future. That is good, and that is wise, but somewhere, Along that line, wisdom can, can also tip into greed. And that is going to be different for everyone. But, you know, there is a point where that tips. There is a point where wisdom can become greed. You know, being wise with your money is great. Absolutely. But God might be asking us to sacrifice both our spending and our saving. It's all his. So whatever we do, whatever we save, whatever we have, we also have to 
hold it with open hands, knowing it is God. We, we need to always be growing in generosity, knowing that, hey, God will provide for all our needs. If he asks us to, to give, he'll provide what we need. And as I said, if you are you know, asking if God is asking you to, to give more, the answer is yes. Yes, grow in generosity. Yes, grow to resemble Jesus more. Uh, this is what Paul says to the Corinthian church when trying to encourage them to give to the, the Jerusalem church who was in a famine at the time. He says in 2 Corinthians 8, 9, Paul said, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that, th- that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. How generous is that? How amazing is the gift of Jesus and the generosity of the Father? And we are meant to be his image on earth. The reflection of that kind of generosity. If Jesus gave up heaven for me to suffer and to die for me, I can sacrifice more for him. So if God is calling us to greater generosity, then then there's kind of two things we need to figure out practically. How much and to where? And again, I'm not telling you to give more to Eaglemont. I, of course, think that everyone involved um, in a local church should give to that local church. That is the only way a local church works, barring uh, you know miracles from God, but practically, this is how a local church works. And that is the practice we see of the early church. You know, People brought what they had and they shared it and people gave what, what they had. They, they shared their homes and they shared meals and food as a church. They took care of the poor and helped other Christians who were in prison or in a famine and they would give to them and they would support the leaders of the church and, or the apostles as they traveled and teached and shared the gospel. Uh, the people of the local church, the, the church needs to financially support the mission. But I'm not standing here telling you you have to give more to Eaglemont. Even though, truthfully, we, yeah, we could use more money. Of course, you know, the budget's a little tight. And this mold thing is becoming more expensive than we thought. And, um, when, you know, when we have a new building open up, that's going to take more finances. And that's going to take us as a church supporting that mission that we have um, been behind for so long. Um, yeah, you know, maybe God is saying to give more to this church to you or to start giving, but you might already give enough. You might already give enough to, to Eaglemont. God might be saying, hey, give somewhere else. Give to you know, this family. Give to this organization. Give to this person in the church that's struggling. Give to missions that we talk about every, every month. Uh, give to wherever. You know, maybe you are maybe you are newer or you've never given to Eaglemont and you just maybe at the time you just can't get behind giving to a church or or giving to Eaglemont specifically, I don't know, whatever it is. Don't miss out on what God has for you for generosity. Find something that you care about and are passionate about and give to that. But start giving somewhere. And maybe God is saying, you know, what you give to Eaglemont is good and he wants you to give to other organizations. Again, awesome. Find something that you're passionate about. If it's, if it's people that are struggling with homelessness, give to organizations that provide homes and help those in that struggle to get back on their feet. If, uh, you know, it's, if, if it's kids in the foster care 
system or you know orphans um find organizations that help find families or you know whatever it is um that you are passionate about give to that get behind something that that you are passionate about and that actually changes the world and people's lives and brings justice and righteousness and healing into this broken world that is what it, it is that is what it means to be a part of bringing god's kingdom here on earth and if, if you're looking into organizations to give to, I would just, quick side encouragement, I would encourage you to give to, or at least look into church-based or Christian organizations. Hey, not that there aren't amazing people and organizations that do great work outside of the church, there absolutely are, but simply they have a different worldview. And of course that's okay, but we believe that there's greater healing and justice for the, for the people of this world through the kingdom of God. Um, through through his people, through the ways that are taught in the Bible. And then, you know, also maybe organizations that you support can share the gospel and not only change someone's external life, but actually change their heart. Now, of course, that, you know, that is between you and God and maybe your community of people that you decide where to give. But um, that is just a little encouragement. And if you don't know where to give yet, you're not sure, start saving for it. Start saving to give. Start a new account line in your bank or just hold some cash until there is a need because needs will arise. And hey, there's times when, when I go, oh shoot, I've spent too much money this month. I can't give to that, that need that just arose. But if I budget it for ahead of time, if I plan for it and I have money on hand, then I can give to that. Set aside money each month regularly. Put it in your budget. Put money aside that you know is for generosity or giving. And then when a need arises or God puts something on your heart, you have money to give. So you need to figure out where with God. And then figure out how much. God is always calling us to grow in sacrifice and grow in faith. And if we are, are listening, there are also, there's going to be a time, probably in a lot of our lives, if we're listening, there's going to be times in our lives that he asks us to step out in faith. And that he asks us to give beyond our means. Or it's just something that seems crazy. And I'm not going to tell you to give beyond your means. And, you know, what mathematically makes sense in your budget. But God might be. He might be calling you to sacrifice something big. And it's in these moments that we need to choose faith. Choose to trust God because he's faithful. He will provide when we, when we give. And he blesses abundantly those who trust him. Not saying, you'll, not saying you'll get your money back at all. I'm, that's not a guarantee. It, it might happen, but it's certainly not a guarantee. It's not a promise from the Bible at all. You might give and live with financially less your whole life, but God will bless you. That's the guarantee. God will bless his people. You give up your finances, you will see what, what God does through that, and you'll be blessed with joy from giving. Or you'll be blessed with, with peace and contentment, with living with less, which is far better than having riches and still wanting more. Or you will learn more uh, to be more dependent on God and see his faithfulness again and again and learn to trust him and draw closer to him in that process of giving. Or maybe financially he will bless you. That does happen. And then if, if God blesses you with more, you still need to learn to steward that properly. And, you know, I don't know how God will bless each of us for sacrificing. But 
If it is done with the right heart, I know he will because he's a good father and he loves to bless his children and the people that follow him. And whatever we give up, we will always get something greater in return. Um, you can never outgive God. That's something my parents have said growing up. And you may have heard that my dad say it here, and I think he actually said it in the announcements today. You can never outgive God, and that's true. God is faithful, and he's good, and he blesses those who follow him. And he has already given us way more than we can ever give up here on earth. He has already blessed us way more with the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus and the Holy Spirit now. It's a much greater blessing than anything we have on earth. So he's already blessed us, but he will. He's faithful and he's good. And he'll, he honors when we give to him and trust him. So to be generous, you know, we need margin, extra budget, extra money, extra time, not like making extra time. We need to budget in extra margin to give and to help out when we see and hear about someone in need. Um, you know, maybe someone we know, maybe a stranger, but we need that margin. It's something very few of us have. Margin with our time, margin with our money. The, the truth is that many of us are too busy and buying too many things or too expensive of things to have margin in our lives. Now, we obviously don't have time to get into any detail, but to get some margin in life, we can learn to grow in simplicity and having an unhurried life. So some book suggestions, just wanna throw out, if you wanna read these, I think you should. Uh, Freedom of Simplicity by Richard Foster. Or there is a chapter on simplicity in his other book, Celebration of Discipline, which is, uh, I, I think, every Christian, a book that every Christian should read. And then, of course, I've talked about, I love, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Get more margin in our time. And it also talks about uh, simplicity and buying less and not getting sucked into that Western materialism world. Um, so also a book I think every Christian should read. There's some books to help us grow in that if you wanna learn um, the practice of Jesus in simplicity and slowing down. So simplicity leads to margin and unhurried life leads to margin. Contentment in having less and doing less leads to more and living, uh, leads to giving more and living generously. Contentment and margin is huge in this discussion. So those are all ways um, that you can grow in this practically. Um, and yeah, check out those books, check out learning to grow in those areas. And then of course, lastly, and most important for growing in generosity is to make this your prayer. Is, you know, make this when you pray to earnestly seek to become more like Jesus in this area. You can say, God, help me to steward what, what you have given me. Help me to be content with less so I can give more and help me to be more like Jesus, more full of love for the poor and the broken and the hurting. Help my heart to be more and more generous in every area of life.